For the majority of my life, I have been passionate and dedicated about changing lives and growing businesses through synthesizing from the very best their strategies, their tactics, their mindset techniques to help you and your business grow. Join me as we take it to the next level. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. You either have the confidence to win every listing appointment you go on or you don't. It's that simple. In today's Tom Ferry Show, I want to give you the best from three mega agents, literally listing properties from $200,000 to $200 million, yes, the Playboy Mansion, and what it is that they do show and say to show up with that swagger and that confidence to ultimately win the listings. And then one of my most popular trainings mashed up with it on the five ways that you can improve the quality of your presentation. Now, if you're like Tom, I, I want to go on more presentations, but I'm still just afraid to get on the phone because I don't know what to say and if the timing is right. I've included one of my best trainings on how to get over the fear of phone, right? How to get over that phobia and into appointment setting mastery. So enjoy all three of those as a part of today's Tom Ferry Show. Grab your seats, move up front, find an open seat. Ruth Pugh is in the house. Hello, hello. All right. We went through 29 different ways to attract more listings, whether you're inside this room and you've been a buyer specialist, you need to help people get listings, right? Especially when there's nothing on the market. If you're growing your business, it's all about having inventory to sell. That is running a business. So you got the tools to, to attract them. The next three people, we're gonna just go into how do we make sure you win the listing? And I very intentionally selected three very different personality types, three very different styles, three very different markets, right? A kind of San Diego, right? Local rock star, North County, does a tremendous amount of business, known him for, you know, 30 years. Um, average sales price, probably a million two. And then the guy that listed the Playboy Mansion, right? And sells these, you know, $100 million properties. And, you know, what do you have to do to, you know, establish trust and be the agent of choice to win that? And then Jackie in Toronto, right? Big shout out for Jackie, who just takes it to a whole new level and they all do things differently, but the same. So you guys up for that? So let's invite our three guest experts up, Alan and Jackie and Gary, come on out, give them a huge round of applause. All right, so why don't we start, uh, let's start very quickly with a simple question. Okay. To pre-listing pack or not? Do you send pre-listing packages or not? First of all, I don't always do the same thing all the time. It's always different. I always think about really what is this particular situation call for? I've done it, I've done it many times, but in general, I do not. I wanna meet with them. I don't wanna give them any reason to eliminate me before I get in the door. Awesome. Alan, do you send a pre-listing package or not? To send or not to send, huh? That's the question. Uh, I do not send a pre-listing package. I, I think there's different strokes for different folks and it all works. Um, I had an experience probably 15 years ago where this one agent was doing a tremendous amount of business and I was sending these amazing packages ahead of time and I said, well, what do they send? And it was like a one-page letter and I went, oh, 
well, what's going on? So for us and where we're positioned in the marketplace, it's not something we do. Got it. Jackie, did you send up your listing package? Yes. What was the answer? Yes. Yes. And why do you send it? And are you thinking these two are both knuckleheads? No, I think if there's enough lead up time and we can bring it, um, we bring it. I don't think, sometimes I've not delivered it in advance and we leave it at the end of the presentation because they're always looking to grab onto something and it's the only thing that we actually leave behind. Okay. So whatever works for you. I like to leave it with a personal handwritten card that says, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, please have a look at our material. Excited to see you. Give us an example, because we were talking backstage, that, that there's no right or wrong answer. That the answer is, which one gives you in your mind more swagger? Do you guys got the answer? Is everybody with me on this? Which one gives you more confidence? If sending it gives you confidence, send it. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. What's inside yours? Just give them some highlights. So a little bit about the team talks about all of our services, high level snippets. We introduce our photographer, we introduce our videographer, we show them what personalized websites look like. So just a little bit high level and we focus also on how we stage properties so they can, it's very visual, not a lot of words. It was inspired by Jason Mandel's piece years ago. Yep. Um, so it's just a little taste. Good. Just not a little taste. To sum it up. No talk about commission, just services. Awesome. Awesome. Walk us through each of you, like if you were to take analytically the process before we kind of get into the deep and wild and crazy stuff, like what do you do first? What do you do second? What do you do third? What do you do fourth? What, what's the process you go through? So, and, and to take that back, if, if we take a pre-listing package and we were to say, I, I would send a digital version of one. I have a few slides that I'll send out ahead of time to sort of let them know who I am, confirm our stats. Uh, where we're positioned. We're proud of what we've done as far as the marketplace, our positioning. We were number one in San Diego last year. And so we will take that and we'll make sure that the client knows that to the best of our ability and try and keep a humble approach at the same time to know that we are approachable, we are human, we do care about them, and we're not just a numbers machine, which we're not. Um, so at the right time, we'll send that over. When I do show up, and, and I brought that out, I just have an iPad, and for me, I think uh, Jay Abraham was talking about it, and I was trying to resonate with many of the big producers throughout, trying to say, okay, I do that, I need to do this better, I do that, I need to do this better. Bottom line is, I'm trying to really, really understand who I'm talking to. If they really want to know about marketing, yes, at that point, I'll open up the iPad, I do have slides on there, I'll talk about, okay, here we do photos, we have drones, we do this, we do that, we do staging, if this is what's important to you. If you pay attention to them, you see their eyes glazing over, you know you gotta change directions here quickly, make them talk, ask them questions. If you can't do that, you're not getting the listing. I don't, I don't care what you're bringing or showing them. I yeah. don't think it's happening. Yep, love it. Okay, Gary, same question, right? So, I mean, now Gary, you have a very different deal. I do. One of the big differences is I, I'm gonna list 20 houses a year. So I can do- I What's do your average sales price just for context? I don't look at it average. I mean, I'll list, I, right now, the cheapest thing I have is something for three, and then I have something for 300, and something okay. for 21, and 10, and five. Did you guys hear that? I got one for three million, and I got one for 300 million. What do you need? What do you need? I got you covered. <laughs> I'm gonna sell 20 houses a year, 15 houses a year, and hopefully a few of them are monsters, and that's my model. Yeah. So I have, the, I can, if you're somewhere in Omaha, Nebraska, and you have $250,000 houses, and you have to sell 100, you probably can't spend three hours preparing for a listing presentation. 
When I go to a listing presentation, I am prepared and I have my iPad and on my iPad not only have, I've anticipated what this appointment's gonna be like and I've done a lot of research and I've talked to them and I've found out who is important in this particular transaction. I wanna make sure I'm talking to the right person. But when I show up, I show up with my iPad, not only with what I've prepared for them and I've got that queued up on my iBooks, a few different PDFs, I also have comps and I also have hard copies of everything I'm gonna give them. I went on a listing appointment once, which I thought was the best performance of my lifetime. And I didn't get the listing. And I asked her why I didn't get the listing. And she goes, well, they left this really good marketing book, which I showed her on my iPad, but I didn't leave her. And she was tactile. So I'm prepared for anything. But the reason I don't like to put, give it in advance unless it's called for is most people aren't going to read the whole listing presentation. And I've, I anticipate, and, and I'm, I'm being t tactile, and I'm thinking about at the moment what these people need to hear, and I'm gonna point out the two or three or four things on my presentation that's gonna resonate with them, and I'm not gonna go over the stuff that will turn them off, or it'll just be a bunch of noise. So I really focus. I think it's insane to go over all these things that you can just see they're rolling their eyes. I think you lose them. You know, when you're starting to do all these things and kind of solve problems for them and tell them how you're gonna do things, that's how I get my listings. I become their agent before they give me the job. So Jackie, what's your process? So I do very much what the two of them do. Um, I build rapport, I establish myself as an agent in their community, but above all that, we talk very little about ourselves when we're at listing presentations. We talk about their needs, what's brought us here that day. Um, I usually ask people if they wanna give me the tour of the house before the presentation or after I leave it to them. Um, most people, if they have a burning desire to get things off their chest, they want to talk first, and that's fine. Um, we then do the tour, then I've got all the information that's in the back of my mind, and I'm already preparing what I'm actually going to put on their table, because I have a sense of what they need and what they don't need, and what they have an appetite for or not. Uh, we offer a lot of services, but with everything, we're very careful to ask whether they have an interest in these services. We come back, and I have, I have the slides here, probably won't show you them all, but what we do is we laminate just an 8 by 10 piece of paper of every single service that we provide, and we have 33 of them. Okay, so we talk about the power of MLS, we talk about the difference between an MLS listing and an exclusive listing. If I'm sitting with somebody and they want to do business with me, and we know we're signing a listing today, I sign an exclusive listing today, so that another agent doesn't come behind us and take their business. That also gives us prep time to make sure that they get into our schedule. And I tell people, if you don't sign an exclusive listing, we can't get to work for you right away. So if you want to start to get to work and book our trades and book a photographer, videographer and start the schedule rolling uh, and the prep work, it's best we take it. We also loop that into a coming soon campaign. So if I don't have an exclusive listing signed, we're not starting a coming soon campaign for the client. This was this on my list. really important. The schedule at a glance is the very last thing we talk about. And so I show them a sample and I say, this is what it looks like once you're listed. The first thing that goes out to you as a client is you get our welcome letter and you'll also get a schedule at a glance. And so when someone says, well, I want to go to market in two weeks, I'm going to say all these things have to get done and I need to get to work today. That's my securing the listing with an exclusive. So normally when we get to this, we'll all open our calendars and say, so when do we want to be on the market? because I've got to book the cleaners, I've got to book the photographer, I've got to book the videographer. We door knock as a team before your listing goes live and we have to make sure our mega open house has enough time to get exposure and traction so that it's a success. Awesome.
you won the Playboy Mansion. You shared this a few years ago. I watched a whole lot of clients freak out. You called it something like the reverse engineered. That's not how I got the Playboy Mansion. Okay, so explain. I got the Playboy Mansion. Well, on the Playboy, as I said, I do different things for different situations. I use this reverse marketing listing presentation a lot. And what I like to do with that is I show up and I go, you know what? I can tell you how great I am. And okay, I hold like on, stop. He's about to give you one of the world's greatest pre-framing your appointment script on the planet. And if you're just watching and not video recording or taking notes or on the live cast, you know, saying to yourself, go back to this moment in time. Because when you, you shared this you four years well. ago and right. the clients went like this. Oh, got it. So one, one of my tools is I'll just say, listen, I could sit here and tell you how great I am and I like doing that, but I don't think you really care. Let me show you what I will do for you and I'll demonstrate it by showing you a similar house and the marketing and the, how it is working with me. And I pull out a marketing report. I give marketing reports about once a month to all my clients. So I keep them on top of it and then I use it as a, as a listing presentation and it also really got on expires. If you're showing them, here's all the showings I have. And on, I give, on every showing, I give what, who the people are, what the results were. I show them also every bit of social media I've done. And I do it beautifully. I think my marketing report looks better than most people's advertising because I'm taking care of their baby, their multi-million dollar property. And I need to impress them more than almost anybody. I would say most people lose listings because they didn't, the, the seller didn't know what was going on. You said most agents walk in and they start here and they say, hi, I'm Gary and this is what we're gonna do. And then I'm gonna put it in the MLS and we're gonna do professional photography. And we're gonna, rather than doing that, I just sold a $20 million house down the street, right. similar to yours. Let's, let's start here. Right. You guys want it sold. Right. Let me show you what happens before then. We're in a multiple offer situation. We get in negotiations. Let me explain how that's gonna be. And he went backwards in the presentation. Now here's the thing. If five agents all show up and do this, and he shows up and goes backwards, who is the one that stands out? If you've got this idea of this genius thing that you're gonna do, and you're doing it to the wrong person at the wrong time, and that's not happening, you're gonna lose. Can we give them a huge round of applause for, for sharing this? This is awesome. I'm putting your plan together so you are safe to leave here and dominate. Welcome to the Tom Ferry Show and 2018 being your best year ever. Today, I wanna to talk to you about consistency, consistency, consistency in the one area that's gonna grow your business, and you know what I'm talking about, getting on the phone and booking a lot of business. You know, having been in sales now for, my goodness, like almost three decades, I can tell you that there's not many people that wake up in the morning and say, gosh, you know what I wanna do today? I wanna get on the phone and call strangers. Matter of fact, I don't know many people that wanna code their own database at times. Have you ever been in that situation before? Have you ever known you absolutely needed to do something, but found some way to avoid it just so you didn't have to go through that experience? Has there ever been a time like this? Is this, my friend, one of those experiences? If it is, there's a very good chance that your best intentions for 2018 will fall flat 
if you don't get over your fear of phone and you don't become consistent with the single biggest leading indicator of all healthy sales businesses. And whether that's getting on the phone, following up, booking appointments, my friends, it's all right here. So I thought what I would do today is share with you three simple things you can do to align your behaviors to make sure that maybe the fear doesn't go away because fear is sometimes a good thing, but instead we make getting on the phone more natural, more automatic, more effortless. And I know three things plus a bonus one you can do. So let's jump in. Um, one of the obvious adjustments you can make, for example, like I do this in seminars and I say, how many of you enjoy prospecting? And I ask people to raise their hands and you know, you get a few people and I think they wear leather and enjoy a good beating also. You with me on this? Like, oh, I love getting on the phones. There's not many people like that. And yet I say, well, let me ask you a question. How many of you like going on listing appointments? Oh, every hand goes up. How many of you like making money? Oh, every hand goes up. How many of you like to have excess cash to have more memories and more experiences with the people you love and the, the people you want to contribute to? Oh, every hand goes up. And then I say, well, how do you get that? Because that's the effect. What's the cause? And I said, it's all about getting on the phone. But here's the challenge. You know in life sometimes when we label things, when we name things, there's an emotional connection to that word. If you said to me prospecting, I actually think of like old black and white movies of the guys in California during the gold rush, big beards, dusty hat, no teeth, sitting by the river, trying to find the gold, right? That's a prospector. Like I don't, I don't think about that as a positive association. That's not who I wanna be. Instead, I named prospecting something different. I called it something different that empowered me, that inspired me. It was like something I wanted to do versus the dirty old man down by the river or the you know, depressing you know, uh, this experience that we have in our minds or someone rejecting you. You gotta get rid of that and call it something that fires you up. I wrote down some examples. It's my appointment setting time. We all want appointments. That is the single biggest leading indicator of your success, a healthy calendar full of appointments. So what if you called it, this is my appointment setting time? And we all want that. What if we called it making money calls? What if we called it building my business time? What if we called it, you ready? My kid's future is more important than my candy ass fears. You with me on this? Like my desire to help my family is far greater than any fear I could experience of even looking at the phone or calling a prospect. The first thing I'm gonna ask you to do to become more consistent is call your appointment setting time, call your prospecting, something that inspires you, that you want to do. Change your association, change how you feel, be more aligned, get on the phone. That's number one. It's an easy, subtle one, but I like the easy ones. Number two, you ready? Schedule it with structure. You've heard me say before, if it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist, we know that. Here's the missing element, and when I reflect on my own experience and you know, coaching so many amazing people, helping and sharing and contributing at events, this is what I know. The structure element is the difference that makes the difference. I think back to, to longtime friends, to legendary real estate professionals, Alan Shaffron in San Diego and Stephen Christie out in LA. So big shout out to you guys and many of you know who these people are, legendary agents. There was a time when these two were partners up in Los Angeles and they would get on the phones together. They didn't wanna get on the phones, they were just like everybody else, but they had associated getting on the phones to achieving their goals. 
So guess what we did? We created a structure where they did it together with a buddy. And guess what? They would get on the phones, two headsets, make their calls, do their follow-up. They did it so many years that they built this legendary business and that discipline has allowed them to have the longevity in their career that most people only dream of. Do you have enough structure? Do you have a buddy you can do it with? I go back to my older brother, Matthew, when we first got on the phone and I'm dating myself. Remember VHS? Like we had an old VHS box with a little screen and we played all the Star Wars movies and we would close our eyes and imagine that we had the force, right? We made it fun, but sitting across from him, there was a time when he said to me, Tom, I really gotta step it up, but I just feel like every time I make a sale, I immediately wanna run away. I, I get an appointment, I wanna go celebrate. And you know what we did? This is crazy. We actually tied a telephone like a cord around my arm and his arm and the deal was, unless we were both going, neither one of us were going. And even though we both know that little cord is not gonna stop us, the psychology of it was we're in this together. We're gonna win together. That will make you more consistent. I also wrote down, consider anytime you can up the accountability. Anytime you could say, and by the way, like you know what's so great about today? Right, think about it. Maybe it's not a person sitting across from you, but with a technology like Zoom, right, I can grab my phone, right, or maybe on my computer screen, and I could use Zoom or Twello or you know, any one of the beautiful video technologies where I could be visually connected during my entire appointment setting time with a friend, with a buddy, or two or three, and we're like, okay, we're all getting on the phone, it's 10 o'clock, we're gonna do our follow-up first, and we're gonna book some appointments, and literally, everybody's on the screen and you're on your phone and they can unmute and hear what you're saying and you can do the same and everybody's collaborating and building. You with me? It's 2018, my friends. The technology is available for you to create the structure, the structure that will give you consistency. That's what this is about. The second part of that, of course, is accountability. I got 10 bucks as I can get an appointment before you. Man, we start going like crazy. Play into, ready, either pain or pleasure. Loser's gotta buy, winner, right, gets the pleasure. These simple little things built up over time will just like grabbing a weight and working that muscle will build up your endurance and strength and love for the phone. Now, number three before I give you the bonus one, you ready? Um, the sales acceleration formula by a genius Mark Roberge, looks like Roberts, but a GE at the end, um, went to MIT, sitting across from one of his classmates. The guy says, I'm starting a new company. Do you want to join us? He's a total nerd bucket engineer. And his buddy says, we're starting a company called HubSpot. Why don't you be in charge of sales? Well, imagine saying to an engineer, computer scientist, be in charge of sales, how his thought process worked. Well, if you know the story of HubSpot, he and his team were able to grow that business from zero to $100 million and he documented the entire case study experience in a book, you should all read it tomorrow, the sales acceleration formula from zero to 100 million. And one of the things he's talking about, and I was chatting with a friend about it this morning, something that we have done forever and you should do the same. He said, if sales are down, start a competition. If you guys wanna finish a strong month, do a contest. If you know somebody just joined the company, do a contest, do a competition. He understood what you and I both know, in many cases, we will do far more for 10 bucks than we will for the $10,000 commission we can get by doing the work. 
So if you want to incorporate consistency into your business, I'm gonna challenge you to have every 30 days a monthly competition, a monthly challenge. And whether it's you versus you to get to your personal best, level 10, or it's you versus your peers, what we know is this, when you give that extra push, you perform. When you push, you perform. And if there is no push, emotionally charging you to do more, a reason to connect the dots and get outside of your comfort zone and go for a little bit more, you're not gonna perform at your very best. You know exactly what I'm talking about. How many times in your own business have you stepped up to win a listing contest, stepped up to do, you know, I'm gonna buy a house at the end of the year so I'm number one in my office. These kind of things happen and they drive us to do the work and that's what I want you to get. So, very quickly, stop calling it prospecting, that's number one. Schedule it with structure. Use Zoom or another video platform or a buddy inside your office to make it fun and engaging. Add the accountability. Number three, always be doing competitions. Who can set the most appointments in the next 30 days? Who can take the most listings in the next 30 days? These types of things will drive us to do the work that gives us the power. I got one bonus for you, ready? Number four something I loved and did a million years ago. And matter of fact, I'm looking at Richard. Richard, there's an old video that I did where I, I'm talking off camera here, where I actually filmed myself making calls, right, called the expired edge to expired listings. Now, because we were making phone calls and they were live, of course we used actors, top agents, as the person on the other line, throwing every objection, challenging me, you know, trying to get me off my game, and it is, a fabulous representation, we should put it on and give a disclaimer so people know that I wasn't actually recording people live, it was people that were actors, right? Good agents, like you being tough on me. But here's what you're gonna see. I start the session by saying, this is my appointment setting shrine. And what I went is, I went to Staples and I bought one of those display boards, you know, that you can open up like this. And I would tell people, if I wanna kill it over the phone, if I really wanna grow my business, I've got to build what I call the appointment setting shrine. Oh, you with me? So I would tell people, I made it a ceremony where I would say, it's time for me to get on the phone, it's time for me to book some business. I did my affirmations, I had already done my role play. I would walk over to my stand-up environment, I would open up the shrine, right? I would light the candle in the name of the Father, the Son, and the holy appointment setting ghost, here we go. You with me on this? Like I actually would say those things because it made me laugh and it made me loose. Then inside the shrine, guess what I had? All the most important scripts that I was going to use, my building rapport scripts, my qualifying scripts, the objection handlers of the people that I would normally, the objections I'd normally be getting, out of sight, out of mind. I didn't want to forget what to say. I wanted to know what to say so I can focus on the client. Over here, you ready for this? I had like a photo of Cal Ripken Jr. Now, if you're under 30, you might have to Google who that is, but for a lot of us, if you were a yeah, major league baseball fan, you know, he played a record number of baseball games in a row. And I use that as a metaphor to say, if that guy can play injured and tough and tired and beat up for years and years and years and years, I can get on the phone and I could be consistent a week at a time for 30 days, for 60 days. And it was inspiring me that I had a photo of my family in Hawaii with my kids smiling and it would say like a little note, daddy, you know, go get more appointments, take us back to Hawaii. Like those kind of emotional triggers that charge me to get on the phone. And then over here, what did I have? The mirror, right? To remind me to smile. And remember that I was getting on the phone to help somebody, to bring them unique value, to make a difference for them so they might choose me in my service. 
I'd open that shrine, I'd make my calls, I'd book my appointments, and I'd close it, light the candle or blow the candle out, take the headset off, and be on my way. Now, my question for you is this. You're in a new year. You've got a goal that you want to achieve. Is this going to be another year where you just go through the motions, you do it for the first couple weeks, maybe you do it for the first month, then you get busy and you go back to the age old problem of real estate professionals. I'm poor, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich, and the year is over. Or is this the year that you declare consistency is the name of the game and it's about getting richer, 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 because you were consistently doing the one thing you knew you had to do. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right, consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please, Go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. I am so fired up today. Last week, Bill Pipes and I were talking about ways to improve your confidence. And specifically, Bill said you should work on your listing presentation, that that should be the skill, that if there was just one thing you wanted to get really good at, that would be it. Why? Because if I'm comfortable and confident going into a stranger's house or friends or past clients or whatever it is, and presenting my value and my service in a way that's meaningful and impactful, that's different and relevant, then customers are going to say yes. And when I get that yes, it's like any other behavior, right? When you get that feeling, that rush of this was really good, I want to do it all the time, then guess what? You're going to make your calls. You're going to go after every possible seller lead. You're going to do it with so much more conviction. So I thought what I would do today is I would dig into some of the private conversations I've been having with a bunch of my personal clients and reveal to you five super sexy, insanely great. Did I just say super sexy on the Tom Ferry show? I think I did. If you end this video at the 10 minute mark, you're going to lose the best one. So you got to really pay attention. This is going to be one of those you're not going to want to send to your friends. You're not going to share this around the office. You're going to keep this like just for you and you're going to watch this video at least 15 times and then I'm going to get like private mess. Oh my God, thank you so much. This, I can't believe it. I'm, I, I just beat the number one agent in my office and I'm going to be like this. Like that's how good this is. And I think I'm like tooting my own horn here for a second but I'm just, are you with me? Like I'm really pumped. So five ways to improve your listing presentation. We're gonna do some that are, are gonna feel a little basic, but when we get over into this stuff, oh, just wait. Here we go. Obvious, right? So if I wanna be a better presenter, my speech coach, Ron Arden, God bless him, passed away a few years ago. First thing he would say to me in his beautiful little South African accent, which I'm not even gonna attempt, was Tom, rule number one is know your customer. Know your customer. What are their needs? What are their wants? What are their issues? What are their challenges? Well, today, today, do you realize I can use Equifax or Speedion and Marnie, I can know their credit score before they walk in. All I need is an email address. I can get your credit score. I can know what you spent at Nordstrom's last week. I can get your shopping behaviors. It's pretty incredible what we have access to today, but let's talk about the basics. Ready? Know your customer. 
Should you go to their social sites and at least get a sense of who they are, right? What do they like to do? What are they all about? You know, people are putting themselves out there every single day on Facebook and Instagram and you know, Snapchat and everything else, and we really get a sense of who they are. Now, what are we looking for? We're looking for relatedness. I want to relate to you. I want to understand who you are and look for that commonality, that easy rapport building stuff, right? But I also went down LinkedIn, know what they're doing professionally. That's important, right? Get a sense of who they are. Like maybe they're, uh, like yesterday, I met with a client who's the VP of Sega, right? So, so we talked about gaming and marketing and big business. That relatability made it easier for Lydia Gable, big shout out to Lydia, for us to connect on a level that would be different if I didn't understand her professional background. Does that make sense? Do you do that with every client already? If you do, no brainer. Number two is obviously pre-qualify, under knowing your customer. So, you know, who's involved in the process? What is it you want to accomplish, right? When do you want to start the process? Where are you guys moving to? Why do you want to move there? How much do you want to sell your home frame? What's the time frame you want to get it done in, different from when do you want to start, when do you want to be sold and done by in that new location? And then I love the question, what's your plan B? So what's your plan B if it doesn't work out? So I'm going to do this all over the phone, pre-qualifying to make sure that I know who they are. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm stalking you on Facebook and wow, I saw you, you know, drinking a beer the other day. Like, not going to do that. But I want to know who they are. What are they all about? Check out their LinkedIn background. Have an understanding of who they are professionally. And then obviously I'm going to ask all the pre-qualifying questions to really understand what is driving the motivation to move. Remember, if they have really low motivation, generally speaking, where do they want to price the house? Really high. If they want really high or they have really high motivation, we're going to be more priced appropriately to help them get what they want. And remember, it doesn't matter how good of a presenter you are, if they don't want to sell, who cares, right? There's, there's no presentation that's going to convince them to sell. Your job is to help them understand why they should choose you over the competition. Does that make sense? Now, what's your plan B in case it doesn't work out? If we don't get the price, the time, etc., what's your plan B? Well, we can always keep it, we can always rent it out, we have no problem, we're in no urgency. That's an important question that we're not asking today. And, and what happens is you're going on appointments and realizing that their motivation isn't where you want it to be. So number one, know the client. Number two, prime the client for a yes and do your homework. So do your homework. You know, the number one thing is to know the comps, right? To know the market, but don't just know the last 30 days, the last 60 days, the last 90 days. Did you see the houses? Did you walk through the properties? Do you really know what was for sale? Even if it was just going and looking at 25 videos uh, you know, online through the MLS, to really know the, you know the area, the community, was it a nice house, was it a bad house? So when they say, well, our neighbors sold for, you can say, yes, I know why, but remember, they converted under the stairs that whole extra room into a wine cellar and a wine bar, and, and you know, your property doesn't have that, it brought a little more value to know those details. You know what it is? We did a video a long time ago called Be the Knowledge Broker, right? Be the Knowledge Broker. The person that knows the market and the homes better than anybody else is the one that's going to rise above and be the obvious choice. So this is like Be the Knowledge Broker stuff. Next thing on the list, obviously prime the client for a yes. So remember a few videos back, and I won't bore you with it again, um, but search. Remember I said, if you want to win every listing, remember that video? If you want to win every listing, 
You send a bomb bomb video in advance before your appointment thanking them for meeting with you and then requesting that they review all those key things that was included in the email. Remember your Zillow reviews, your track record, you know, the three to five things you do differently or better than everybody else. And maybe, you know, your entire marketing plan contrasted to everybody else, a photo of your team, etc. So what we're doing is we're, we're priming the pump and we send it through BombBomb so we know that they open the video, we know that they watch the video because that's what BombBomb does. It, it lets you know those two things, which I think is important. Now, I said you five ways to improve. I bet you're doing all that stuff. And if you're not, listen, listen, you gotta start here. I'm gonna get a little advanced with you. You ready? Number three is not that advanced. Number four and five, 4A. Just wait for 4A. Here we go, you ready? I'm not sure how this is gonna work, Danny, but here we go. Ta-da! Number three, show up mentally prepared. I know that sounds easy. Has there ever been a time you went on a presentation and you showed up late, late, late? Talk about a way to instantly create the opposite of rapport by disrespecting the customer and showing up late. The reality is, my friends, I know we've all been there, traffic, this, that, you have no idea. I get it, I get it, I get it. You know, I, I learned a long time ago, if you wanna be on time, leave 15 minutes earlier than you think you need to leave and you will always get there a little bit earlier and be ready to go. But the bigger issue is showing up mentally prepared. I like to stop before every presentation and I close my eyes and I just say, okay, who's my customer? And I go back through all this information and I think about what is my outcome? What do I wanna do? I wanna bring them value. I wanna separate myself from the competition if there is any. I wanna become the obvious and no-brainer yes. And I wanna make it easy and elegant and beautiful. I don't wanna be a 19-year-old dude trying to close on the first date, right? Remember that old line? We don't wanna be that guy or that gal. Easy, elegant, no-brainer, remove all the resistance, create lots of trust, and make this process easy for them. Because let's face it, do, how long do you want a salesperson in your house? I mean, if you really put it in context, you want that person in and out pretty quickly, and you'd like it to be smooth and easy and no resistance. Well, don't you think most customers are just like you? So I say show up mentally prepared knowing the customer. Now, let's go a little advanced. You ready? Number four. I believe that sales is a story. And my experience is most people, the vast majority of agents, start their listing presentation the same exact way. Hi, Bob and Mary. Thanks so much for having me over. I'm really excited. Let's go take a look at the home. All that stuff, I get it. It's, it's all part of the deal. But starting your presentation, starting how you start, if you frame it with a story, if you begin with a hook, then you immediately create interest. You immediately capture them. And more importantly, you separate yourself from the competition. You see, most of your competition walks in and says, hi, thank you so much. Let me tell you about my company. Let me tell you about me. Let me show you all my awards. Let me show you all my prizes. Let me show you And then let me show you the marketing of all the websites I've never been to, blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing everywhere you go. Now, I probably have your attention. Do I have your attention? I should. Consider the following, you ready? Sales is about storytelling. It's always been about storytelling. Here's a story, you ready? For a seasoned agent or experienced agent. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, um, thank you so much for having me over. I have been on 62 appointments like this in the last 12 months. 58 of those people chose to list with us. At the end of every meeting, 
I'll sit in my car for 15, sometimes 20 minutes, and I will just, I'll debrief. I open up Evernote and I start writing notes about every question they asked. What was important? What were their concerns? What made them nervous? How do I make the process easy and smooth for my clients? Because selling a home can be stressful. So you know what I've discovered after doing this now for three years, 60, 70 times a year, each time having you know, 55 to 60 list their home with me, I've discovered there's only five things that were important to every client I've ever met with. Would you like to see the list? Would you like to go through the five? Now, that's a little bit different from, here's my company, here's my na-na-na-na-na-na, right? Now, I'm not dogging you and your company. I'm just saying, if you're in a hyper-competitive marketplace, you've got to do something different and stand out. The story you create is how you will stand out. Now, if I'm a new agent, what am I going to do? I'm just going to flip it and say, you know, our firm has successfully listed and sold over 275 homes, and every week at our team meeting, all the agents get together and we debrief on all the new listings we've taken and what were the concerns and what were the issues and what were the challenges of the seller. And we discover there's only five things that are important to every client we've ever served in this community. Would you like to go through the five? That's a little bit better than trying to figure out how do I navigate as a new agent. Does that make sense? So what's your story? What's your story that's going to prime the customer, hook the customer, create some interest, create some intrigue like, well, what are the five? Like, I, I don't know. And by the way, when you then say, would you like to see the five? And they say, yes, guess what? They're engaged with you. Now they're listening through a filter of what are the five things? You've got their interest. You now have permission to speak life into their concerns, their worries, their challenges. And listen, last time I checked, Selling is the ability to tell a story and ask questions that naturally and automatically lead you and the customer to a mutually desired end result, right? It's not supposed to be stressful. It's not supposed to be intense. It's supposed to be natural and automatic, and that's what we're attempting here. So let's keep going. You ready? So show up mentally prepared. Sales is a story. Open with a better story to hook them in a way that's interesting, that has them listen, and then would you like to know the five? Would you like to know the seven? Would you like to know the 11 things that every one of our customers was interested in? I just had this conversation with one of my clients because she has uh, the same question on every presentation. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, every time I'm meeting with a wonderful couple like you that's interested in selling in the ocean, you know, their home on the ocean front, the number one question we get is how are you going to attract the international buyers? which is why several years ago we created the Gellens Report. This is Maxine and Marty Gellens, right? We created the Gellens Report. Every year we do an exhaustive research piece on every property that was sold along the coast between Point Loma, La Jolla, Del Mar, et cetera. And I think it's gonna, you're gonna find this interesting. Let's look at the report. Only 4% of all the buyers actually came from international. And yet every client we meet with says, how are you gonna find the international buyers when the truth is what you really should be asking is, how are you gonna find the buyers in Texas, Arizona, Nevada, and throughout San Diego County, which is where 96% of the buyers come from. Does that make sense? What the, what the, you with me? Like awesome stuff, speaking directly into what's going on in the mind of the customers. All right, so let's keep going. Taz, over here. I created 4A for the first time ever on a Tom Ferry show. Can you just look at this? And maybe, Taz, can you, can you maybe go in a little tighter on it? Here's five things that every customer, so Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we met with 
65 people in the last 12 months, 270 in the last five years. And after a 15 or 20 minute debrief on every time, they really were concerned about five things. How are you gonna get me the most possible money for my home? How much time is it going to take for me and for you in the process? Have you done it over and over again before? Like, do you have a track record? Do, is there proof? And then what's your marketing plan? Like, how are you gonna market and expose the property to make sure that the highest number of buyers ultimately see the home? And then the last one is, who else is involved? What's the team? What's the process? So let's go through those together. And now, right, now we're speaking directly into what's important to the customer. Does that make sense? Now, I'm making up these five. This is stuff that I work on with a bunch of clients that it resonates for them. You might have 11 things. You know your customer better than I do. You, you know, if you're in uh, you know, Milwaukee, what's important to them this time of the year versus springtime, summertime, winter, right? If you're in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you know, maybe staging is the hot thing or how do we compete against the condo market as an example? Rule number one is know your customer, think about the story that hooks them in, and then I begin to show. Now, I like big, obvious visuals. You with me? Um, yesterday, I looked at somebody's listening presentation, and I, I opened up, and here's the first thing I saw, Marty, a photo of this person on every page. I was like, look, after the third page, I know what you look like, and since this photo doesn't actually look like you, it's kind of awkward. And then I said to her, wouldn't it be funny if you were wearing the same exact outfit on the appointment as the photo? Like, that would just be hysterical. White space is okay in your presentation. Big, obvious photo fonts are okay. Like, everyone understands a dollar sign. Everybody understands a clock. Everybody understands performance and track record. Marketing, right? And who's involved. Big obvious, visual, simple, clean. You turn the page, there's the next one. All my clients are interested in money. All my clients are interested in time. All my clients are interested in, have you done it before, right? Do you have a track record? Here's my Zillow reviews, here's my map, right? This could just as easily be your map with every one of your transactions, right? How are we gonna market it? We're gonna cover that today, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, and then ultimately the team and the process so you know that while I'm here, there's a group of people behind me that are handling phone calls, taking care of transactions, servicing our customers to bring the most possible value. Does that make sense? Right, bam, you with me on this? Now again, I'm not trying to change your entire presentation from beginning to end. I said to you, Bill Pipes, the extraordinary coach, the leader of our Sales Edge Conference, who's out talking, he's already trained a thousand agents this year, three days of role playing, he'll, he'll end up training, I'm gonna guess, five or 6,000 this year. He said, work on your listing presentation, make your listing presentation better, and by doing that, you'll wanna naturally and automatically go do everything else in your business because whoever gets all the listings wins, right? But this is the effect. If I've got this down, I'll do all the things I have to do, the cause to get there, does that make sense? So let's finish strong with my favorite one. All right, think about this in relationship to how most agents go in and present. We walk in with this assumption of, let me make a bunch of promises to you. These are all the things I'm going to do, right? In the next 72 hours, we're gonna blah, 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 blah. In the next you know, uh, 48 hours, this'll happen. But in the first week, we're gonna do this. And it's, it's these promises of things that are going to happen in the future. It's what everybody does. It's what's always been done. What if you reverse engineered it? 
What if you took a different approach, called it a case study, made it a hundred times more relatable to the customer, but started with the end result versus the promises? Are you with me on this? So here, take a little look, ready? If this was, Taz, I don't know how far over I can go here, assuming you can see all this. If this is a timeline of a transaction, I'm literally gonna say, Marnie, Taz, the number one reason you guys have me here is you wanna have your property sold for the highest amount of money in the shortest amount of time with the best possible service, is that correct? So I wanna take you backwards from a home I just sold down the street from you guys, in the same community, close enough that they can relate to. It was a four bedroom, three bath home in Huntington Beach, just like yours, wonderful couple, just like you guys, interviewed four other agents, chose me because I think we just connected and they liked the fact that I can sort of prove how I do what I do. Here's what happened. We sold the property and closed it six weeks ago. It was a four bedroom, three bath, just like yours. It sold for $595,000. They got 3% more then we listed the home, right? 3% more money. They also, we sold it 22% faster than how other homes are selling in our marketplace. So we got them more money and we did it in less time. And they were, they were really kind. They really liked the process. They wrote a long review on Zillow and they gave me five stars. Now, what got us to that point is probably the question you're asking. What got us to that point? Well, we ended up getting eight offers, which is how we were able to negotiate the price up and maintain, you know, getting their mortgage and got it all approved and sold for more than our original ask price. We had eight people, when I sat down with the sellers, I said, here's eight different offers. Here's eight couples that want to buy your house. Let's go through the price and the terms and the conditions of each of the offers and empower you guys to decide which one is better for you. So we sold it for 3% more, 22% faster with a five-star customer service review. But before that, we got eight offers. Before we had eight offers, we had 87 people through our mega open house, which is the same thing we're gonna do with you, where I drive all of the neighbors, because we know neighbors will know people that wanna live here, and every buyer that I have searching right now online, which is you know about 500 right now, I'm gonna drive them all in to come look at your home to see if it matches the criteria to see how many of them will write an offer. Interestingly enough, of the 87 people that came through, five of them wrote an offer on this property and one of them actually got the house. But how did we get 87 people through? Look here, we had 4,200 impressions on Zillow. We had 1,893 on Trulia. This means that they went to the site, they saw it, they looked at the property. Does that make sense? Um, by the way, on Zillow, 385 of them actually hearted the property, so they were now tracking the property. So that's good, it's different from just seeing it. They actually clicked and said, I like that house. Um, 2,000 people saw it on realtor.com. Um, we had 3,800 individual sets of eyeballs go to our website and take a look at the property, explore, watch the video, you know, see everything about the home. And by the way, one of the Zillow buyers actually bought the house. They started at Zillow, they watched, by the way, look down here, 873 people watch this brand new video that Zillow has released where now I'm, I videotape the home as well as my other video that goes directly on Zillow where they get you know 164 bazillion people on their site every single month. 873 people watch the video. Of that, one of them actually bought the house. Isn't that great? See, see how this is working? Then we had 3,100 people that saw it on Facebook because I did some Facebook advertising to the local marketplace 
only to buyers and potential customers that make more than $70,000 a year, dual income families that could afford to buy that house. As an example, then I had 74 people that hearted it on Instagram. I had 177 people retweet the property and send it out to all their Twitter followers, creating even more virality and buzz on the house. And I had 355 separate people watch the entire video on YouTube. So you can see we did all of this, which drove this, which drove eight offers, which ultimately got them 3% more money, 22% faster, and a five-star review. There was more. We had 83 agents at our broker preview. It's important that we let all the brokers know. This is when we unveil the house to the brokers who in many cases already have a, a buyer who's looking for a home just like yours. Then over here, we staged the property. We did the professional photography. We videotaped two different ways, one for YouTube, one for, for Zillow only. And over here, I earned the listing and started the process. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, what questions do you have about the process of how I'm going to get your home sold just like I sold this one? Do you get it? Now, I know this is going to be a long video and, and you know, Taz, you know, how long is this video going to be, Tom? Is this going to be like 10 minutes? I think we're probably at 17 or 18 right now. And I'm going to argue to say this could be the most important Tom Ferry show I've done all year. I've talked about a lot of things so far this year. At the end of the day, my friends, there is a massive crisis happening right now where there is simply no inventory. And what's happening is agents are walking in, competing and doing whatever it takes to get the listing. The challenge is the poor consumer is hearing the same thing over and over and over and over. If you just simply do something different, if you do something unique, if you do something that makes you stand out, you become the natural yes. Now, this is not the end all be all. This is maybe just the starting of a new conversation for you with your listing presentation. So my advice to you is do a little check. How well do I know my customers, right? Do I absolutely prime every appointment with the video, showing my track record, my marketing plan, my, a link to my Zillow reviews? Like, do I really prime them to know me and understand me and, and, and perhaps create massive trust and awareness before I get there? Do I show up on time mentally prepared? Do I have a great story to begin or do I do what everybody else does? Here my company, here my right? I mean, come on, like it's 2016. It's time to get fresh. It's time to do things differently. You can't be more of the same and expect radical levels of improvement. You've got to try something different. Now, you know, whether it's a new agent or an existing agent, I love this money, time, track record, marketing plan, process and team. What a beautiful way to illustrate whether it's five things in your debrief or 10 things you decide entirely up to you. And then this whole case study reverse engineer a sale versus what most agents do is simply just make a bunch of promises and hope and pray it works out. Listen, a lot to cover here. Probably need to watch this four or five times. Um, I'm looking for some comments. I want to know, look, this will have 15 or 16,000 views very quickly. If you don't send me comments and let me know, it's too long, I hated it, I loved it, I'm totally stealing that, let me know what you're thinking. Keep me engaged, let me make these shows better for you. Promise, right? Come out of the woodworks and make a comment on my Facebook page, Insta, or right there on YouTube. Thank you so much for watching. Remember always, your strategy matters, and now more than ever, your listing presentation absolutely rules.
If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.